are continuing in our sermon series titled, Not in the Word. We are looking at statements commonly believed to be in God's Word, which are not in the Word. If we believe and follow these statements, we can actually be led away from the truth of God's Word. If we make these statements, we can actually lead others away from the truth of God's word. The more we know and obey God's word, the better we will be at recognizing and rejecting what's not in the word. The more we know and obey God's word, the better we will be at pointing others to God and to the truth of his word. The statement I want us to uh, identify this morning is a popular one, a common one, and it is simply, don't judge me. This is a rallying cry for many people today. People inside the church and outside the church make this statement with passion, conviction, and fire in their eyes. This sounds good, this sounds biblical, but it's not in the Word. The truth is God wants us to judge one another. The truth is God wants us to judge one another. God commands us to judge one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And we find this in the gospel of John chapter seven. So let me encourage you to open your Bibles to John chapter seven. As you make your way there, let me give you a brief uh, background of what's going on. The earthly ministry of Jesus is going strong. Jesus is telling everyone he is God in the flesh, the savior of the world who came to seek and save the lost by way of his perfect life, perfect death and resurrection. Jesus was preaching and teaching and healing the sick and making disciples and the Jewish religious leaders were opposing Jesus and they were trying to kill Jesus. The reason they were trying to kill Jesus was because Jesus was claiming to be God. Jesus was violating their man-made rules such as uh, healing on the Sabbath day. And Jesus was exposing their hypocrisy to everyone around them. And so they weren't happy with Jesus and they were looking to try to kill Jesus. In John chapter 7, we find Jesus is teaching in the temple complex in Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles. And we see the Jewish religious leaders are angry with Jesus. And they are so angry with Jesus because Jesus had healed a man on a previous Sabbath day and Jesus exposed their hypocrisy. Jesus rebuked their hypocrisy and he did it in a very simple way. He shared with them what they all knew and that is that Jewish boys were circumcised on the eighth day after birth whether that landed on the Sabbath day or not, yet they were angry with Jesus for healing a man on the Sabbath day. Jesus used the argument of the lesser to the greater with these Jewish religious leaders. Why is it okay to circumcise one part of the body on the Sabbath and it's not okay to heal the entire body on the Sabbath? exposing their hypocrisy. Instead of rejoicing in Jesus, believing in Jesus and receiving Jesus, they were judging Jesus. And just a sidebar note, it's never a good idea for us or anyone to judge Jesus. Just in case you're wondering, 
It's not really a good idea, not a recommended practice. And Jesus addressed them in John 7 and verse 24. And listen to what Jesus said. Stop judging according to outward appearances. Rather, judge according to righteous judgment. Jesus shared two commands about judging with us in this verse. Two commands. Judge, in the original language, crino, means to distinguish, to choose, to discern. It means to distinguish as in between right and wrong and good and evil. And so the two commands, command number one, it's real simple, stop judging. Jesus said, stop judging. That means stop making unbiblical, improper, wrong judgments based on outward appearances. Stop judging is a present active imperative, which means it's a command for us to obey today and every day. It calls for continual habitual action. It should be a part of our habit as Christ followers that we are not to judge one another based on outward appearances. Second command, don't miss it, is judge. Jesus said, judge. Make biblical, proper, right judgments. Exercise wise, biblical discernment according to righteous judgment. Now, it's interesting to note, judge is an aorist act of imperative. Aorist imperatives are commands that carry a sense of urgency. It literally means do this now, do this at once. So Jesus is saying in general, you need to stop judging based on outward appearances and you need to judge now and you need to judge it once based on righteous judgments. And so we see here, we are commanded as followers of Jesus Christ, to judge biblically, not unbiblically. We're commanded as followers of Jesus Christ to judge righteously, not unrighteously. We're commanded as followers of Jesus Christ to judge wisely, not unwisely. And so scripture gives us a couple of warnings as it relates to judging others and judging one another. And so let's look at those warnings and then we'll apply them in our lives. Warning number one is don't judge the wrong people. Don't judge the wrong people. We are not to judge those outside the church who don't have a relationship with God by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus. The reason is they don't know God. They are biblically still spiritually dead in their sins. They're separated from God because of their sins. They don't have the Holy Spirit of God living in them to convict them and encourage them and help them and teach them and empower them to live God's way. Those outside the church, those who do not have a relationship with God, by God's grace through their faith in Christ Jesus, live their way, not God's way, because they don't know God. As John said, they are under the sway, the influence of the evil one, Satan, who is also known biblically as the ruler of this world. And so we understand we must be careful not to judge the wrong people. Paul made this point clear to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you want, you can turn to your right to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 real quickly. As we look at this passage, we'll summarize this passage. And we find here that the church in Corinth had a problem. The problem was they had a man in the church who was guilty of the sin of sexual immorality. who was actually guilty of the sin of incest. And the church leaders and the church members 
weren't doing anything about the sin of sexual morality. They were not doing anything about the sin of incest. They were not addressing the immorality within the church. And Paul rebuked them for their pride. Believe it or not, and it's hard to believe, but believe it or not, they were boasting about this sin rather than being broken by this sin. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 9, I wrote to you in a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, by no means referring in this, to this world's immoral people or to the greedy and swindlers or to the idolaters. Otherwise, you would have to leave the world. Paul said, listen, when I wrote to you earlier about not associating with sexually immoral people, when I wrote to you earlier about not having fellowship and doing life with sexually immoral people, I was not talking to you about those in the world who don't have a relationship with God by God's grace to their faith in Christ Jesus. If I meant that, you'd have to leave the world. We as Christ followers are in the world, we're not of the world, and yet we're called to be witnesses to the world. So Paul was saying, I wasn't talking to you about those in the world who don't know Jesus, Paul continued in verse 11, but now I'm writing you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, ouch, who is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a reviler, a drunkard or a swindler. Don't even eat with such a person. For what is it to me to judge outsiders? Do you not judge those who are inside? But God judges outsiders. Put away the evil person from among yourselves. Paul was saying, I'm not talking about those in the world. I'm talking about the one in the church that is living in sin and refuses to confess and forsake their sin. What is Paul saying? Paul is telling the church leaders here in Corinth, make a right judgment. Judge according to righteous judgment. He's telling them as brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't excuse sin and we don't embrace sin in the body of Christ. Therefore, confront and discipline this man who was living in sin and put him out of the church. Because you see, the discipline of God through the church would hopefully lead the man to repent of his sin and receive God's gift of salvation by his grace by God's grace through his faith in Christ Jesus. The discipline of God through the church would also protect the witness and ministry of the church by letting everyone know that the church does not condone sin. Paul said here in this passage, in verses 12 and 13, we do not judge those outside the church who don't have a relationship with God. We minister to them. We pray for them. We love them like Jesus. We tell them about Jesus. We serve them so that some way, somehow, by living holy lives set apart from sin and set apart to the Savior, those outside the church can see the difference that Christ makes inside us and they might be drawn closer to Christ Jesus. We don't judge those outside the church according to the word of God because they don't have a relationship with God. God judges, Paul said, those outside the church, not us. Paul said, God is the one who judges those outside the church. God is the one holy, righteous, and just judge who's able to judge everyone that he has created. And he takes care of those outside the church. 
as he continues his work in them of drawing them closer to Christ Jesus. The first warning is don't judge the wrong people. Second warning for us is don't judge with the wrong motives. The motives of our heart make a difference in how we live and love and minister to others as witnesses for Christ Jesus. And we know God sees and knows our hearts, so God sees and knows the motives of our hearts. Hello. God sees and knows your heart and mine. He knows the motives of our hearts. And so we see this truth come to light as Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He was preaching this sermon to those who were following him. He was preaching to his disciples and he was saying, hey, this is what it looks like to live for Jesus Christ. This is what it looks like to come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men and women. This is what it looks like to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. This is the life of a follower of Christ. This is what it looks like. And in Matthew chapter 7, In verses 1 through 5, Jesus speaks to us about making sure we don't judge with the wrong motives. He says this in verse 1, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and look, there's a log in your eye. Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Jesus, notice, did not say, don't ever judge your brothers and sisters in Christ. He did not say that. He said, don't judge your brothers and sisters in Christ with wrong motives. He said, Don't criticize, condemn, and judge them for the sin you see in their lives while you ignore, excuse, and justify the sin in your life. So don't judge them arrogantly as if you're better than they are because you're not. Don't focus on their problems and the negative things about them while you ignore your negative critical spirit and attitude. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus reminded us, criticism is not a spiritual gift. It's not in the list. What is he saying? He's saying this, hypocritical, prideful, self-righteous, and unloving judging of one another, meaning our brothers and sisters in Christ, is a sin against God and it's forgiven by God and forbidden by God. He's also saying, judging our brothers and sisters in Christ based on outward appearances, such as the color of their skin, what they look like, sound like, and act like is a sin against God and forbidden by God. Jesus is saying, don't be fault finders, be faith builders. Jesus is saying, don't be a hypocrite, be humble. He clearly makes this point to us in verse five, when he says, first, Take the log out of your eye. Jesus said the first person we should focus on when judging is ourselves. As we seek God first day by day, as we follow God by faith, we must be sensitive. We individually must be sensitive to God. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God. 
And we must be quick to confess our sins to God as we continue to walk humbly with God day by day. We must join with the psalmist and say, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any offensive way in me, Father God, and lead me in your everlasting way. Because the truth of the matter is, we desperately need the grace and forgiveness of God every day. Amen? But we need it. I need it. And then Jesus says, he says, as you are faithful to focus on yourselves, as you are faithful to confess your sins to God, then God uses us to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to confess their sins to God and to ask for his forgiveness so they can receive his forgiveness and continue walking humbly with God. God uses us in one another's lives to help us live holy lives pleasing to him. You see, we must remember we are family in Christ Jesus and we're called to love one another. Therefore, we must yield our hearts to God on a day-by-day basis. Each one of us must be quick and careful and consistent to yield our hearts to God on a day-by-day basis so that our motives are his motives, so that our ministry is his ministry, so that our words are his words, so that our actions are his actions. And so he's real clear. Scripture tells us don't judge the wrong people and don't judge with the wrong motives. Don't judge your brothers and sisters in Christ with the wrong motives, with the wrong heart. And then we know that Scripture shares with us some ways we can judge one another. Because Jesus did not tell us don't ever judge our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. He just said don't do it with the wrong motives, do it with the right motives. And so we know that there are some ways in which we can judge one another. And we see a few of these ways in Galatians chapter 6. So if you would like, turn to your right once again to Galatians chapter 6. And uh, we're going to look in Galatians chapter 6 and identify uh, a few of the ways that we are able to judge one another. In Galatians chapter 5, real quickly, Paul wrote Galatians to the church in Galatea. And in Galatians chapter 5, Paul uh, was teaching the believers there in the church. They are uh, free in Jesus because of their faith in Jesus. And they're called to live for Jesus. Paul challenged them in chapter 5 to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Paul actually contrasted the works of the flesh with the fruit of the spirit. In chapter 5, Paul shared that the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Control. And so Paul had told them, as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit day by day, God produces the fruit of the Spirit in us so that it will go through us to those that God has placed around us. And so the same truths that we read here from Paul to the believers in Galatea years ago are still relevant and true for us today. We, as Christ followers, are free in Jesus through our faith in Jesus, and we are called to live for Jesus, and living for Jesus includes judging one another God's way. And Paul shares with us a few of the ways in which we can judge one another God's way as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And so we are able to see here as we look, the first way is that we are to judge according to God's word. 
We're to judge according to God's word. Paul says in Galatians 6 verse 1, Brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so you won't be tempted. So let's take this apart. First, the first way is we judge according to God's word. Paul said, brothers, uh, and so we know Paul's talking to, to us as Christ followers, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We know that's who he's talking about. As he says, brothers, if someone, he's talking obviously about our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. If someone, if a brother or sister in Christ Jesus, because we don't judge those outside the church, we judge one another inside the church, brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers, all followers of Jesus Christ, he's speaking to all of us. If a brother or sister in Christ is caught, that word in the original language literally means overtaken. If a brother or sister in Christ is caught or overtaken in any wrongdoing, which means sin. So if a brother or sister in Christ is caught or overtaken by sin, by any wrongdoing or sin, we are able to judge and discern whether a brother or sister in Christ Jesus is caught in wrongdoing or sin through the lens of God's word. We are able to judge and discern. We're able to obey the truth in chapter 6, verse 1. We're able to judge or discern if a brother or sister in Christ is caught in sin, has been overtaken by sin through the lens of God's word. What does that mean? It means we judge one another according to God's word, not our opinions, thoughts, or ideas. We know what sin and wrongdoing is because God has told us what sin and wrongdoing is in his word. He's told us in his word. And so we understand and realize what sin and wrongdoing is because we know what the word of God says. And therefore, we're able to judge, discern, distinguish, choose. We're able to separate as we do life with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're able to tell if a brother or sister in Christ is caught in a sin, which he says, if someone is caught in a sin or wrongdoing, we're able to judge that according to the truth of God's word. God's word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. God's word, as the psalmist said, as it's hitting in our hearts, as we hide the word of God in our lives and our hearts and our minds, we won't sin against him. God's word teaches us, rebukes us, corrects us, and trains us in righteousness so that we'll be ready and equipped and able to do all that God has us to do so that we'll be prepared for every good work of God. And Jesus himself and the gospels told us that you are able to judge and discern false teachers real easily because their lives and their teaching doesn't match up to what? The word of God. That doesn't match up. So it's very easy, Jesus said. You can identify false teachers. All you got to do is listen and look. If you listen and what they say doesn't match up with the word, and if you look at their lives and the way they live doesn't match up with the word, then you know they're false. That's judging and discerning. That's using wise biblical discernment, wise biblical judgment. That's judging according to righteous judgment, which Jesus actually commanded us to do. So here's how it works. As Christ followers, as we do life with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we are able to discern, we're able to judge if they are living for Jesus or if they are caught or if they have been overtaken by sin 
as we compare their lives, their words and their actions to the truth of God's word. As we look at the fruit, as Jesus even taught, coming from their lives, we're able to see real clearly if it's the fruit of the spirit or if it's the fruit of the works of the flesh. And as we judge and discern our brother or sister in Christ is living for Jesus, then we encourage them, we bless them, we pray with them, we pray for them, we join them in living for Jesus. We give them holy high fives and headbutts and handshakes. If, however, Jesus encouraged us and Paul is making it clear to us, if, however, we judge and discern based on the word of God and the obvious evidence before us, if we judge or discern that they are caught by sin, that they have been overtaken by sin and wrongdoing and temptation, then we must help them. It is the most loving thing that we can do to help them. We can't, we shouldn't model ourselves after the believers in Corinth who just said, I don't care. Fine with me. Teach his own. No. We are called. We are called to help them. How? Well, he continues to tell us. Number one, judge according to God's word. Number two, judge with gentleness. He said, brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, someone's brother, sister in Christ is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit. Okay, let's look at this real quick. We are to judge with gentleness. You who are spiritual. Paul is not describing some elite spiritual force of spiritual seals for Jesus who never struggle with sin. It's not what he's talking about here. You who are spiritual is a reference to those who are walking in the spirit, not the flesh. Those who are living for Jesus, those who are walking in obedience to the truth of God's word and are therefore able to judge and help those who are caught in sin and wrongdoing. You who are spiritual, he's not talking about just a small elite portion or percentage of the church. He's saying, no, you are spiritual. You are walking in the spirit, not the flesh that he identified for us in chapter five. You who are living for Jesus, you who are walking in obedience to the word of God, you're the ones who are able to judge and help those who are caught in sin because you're doing all you can to live for Jesus. And you are making sure that you are confessing your sin to God. He said, when we as Christ followers, those of us who are living for Jesus, when we identify a brother or sister in Christ, Jesus is caught in sin. We are to go to them. And what are we to do? We're to go to them to restore them. Restore means to put back into proper position. That's what that word literally means, to put back into proper position. It's the illustration imagery of a doctor resetting a broken bone so the bone can heal properly and be used again. So we who are spiritual, we who are living for Jesus as we discern and see because of our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that a brother, sister in Christ is caught in sin. They've been overtaken by sin. We should go to them and we should go to restore them. The purpose of us going to them is to join with God in being used by God as God puts them back into proper position spiritually. And as we go to them to restore them, we go to them with a gentle spirit. 
the gentle spirit. He chooses gentleness here. Gentleness is the love and grace and kindness of God all mixed into one, pouring out of our lives because God's pouring it into our lives. Listen, gentleness does not seek to embarrass or shame our brothers and sisters in Christ. Gentleness seeks to lead them back to Jesus. It seeks to lovingly lead them back to Jesus, not to air them out, not to put them on blast, not to shame or embarrass them, but to lovingly lead them back to Jesus. And so we understand the power here of gentleness. Gentleness is also a fruit of the spirit that we just mentioned, that Paul mentioned in Chapter five, and so what Paul's saying is, as you who are spiritual walk in the spirit, not the flesh, as you live for Jesus by the power of Jesus alive in you, this isn't about us, it's about God living through us and us surrendering ourselves to God. As you surrender yourself to God each day, what's gonna happen as you live for Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God living in you is going to produce the fruit of the spirit, which is gentleness. And the Holy Spirit's gonna produce gentleness in you in part so that you can fulfill the truth of scripture so that you can live for Jesus, so that you can walk in obedience to the word of God and so that you can go to your brothers or sisters in Christ who are struggling in sin, who have been caught or overtaken by sin and you can go to them and pour that gentleness out onto them. Putting that arm around them. Praying with them, praying for them and helping hopefully, to lead them back to Jesus. Joining with the work of God, who is the one who convicts, the Holy Spirit of God convicts. We just gently show them the love of Jesus, share with them the truth of Jesus. And so when a brother or sister in Christ is caught in sin, we don't judge them arrogantly. We don't judge them harshly. We don't judge them hypocritically. We don't judge them impatiently. We don't judge them legalistically. We don't judge them pridefully. We don't judge them unlovingly. We judge them with gentleness. So they might confess their sins to God, return to God, and continue walking humbly with God day by day. We judge according to God's word. We judge with gentleness. We judge in humility. He continues, brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so you won't be tempted also. So we judge in humility. He says, watching out for yourselves. Watching out is from the original Greek word skopeo. It's the word we get our English word scope from. It means Pay attention to, look at, keep an eye on. He says, watching out for yourselves. Again, yourselves refers to those who are walking the spirit, not the flesh. Those who are living for Jesus, the spiritual that we talked about. Those who are walking in obedience to God's word. Every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying is we all need to pay attention to ourselves spiritually. We need to keep an eye on our spiritual walk so that we aren't given to fall into the trap of sin so that we aren't unaware and caught in a wrongdoing or caught in sin. We are to judge one another according to God's word. We're to judge one another with gentleness, but we're to judge one another in humility. Humility shows that we know we are not above giving in to sin ourselves. Humility shows that we know we need help from God and from our brothers and sisters in Christ to live God's way. Humility shows we want 
want to help our brothers and sisters in Christ to live God's way. And so we know as followers of Jesus Christ, as we do life with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and we see, we judge, we discern, we distinguish and by the power of the Holy Spirit living within us, who pricks us and who speaks to us. Why? Because he loves us and he loves our brothers and sisters in Christ. As we do life with our brothers and sisters in Christ and we judge and discern that they are caught in sin, that they have been overtaken by sin, that they are living in sin, then it is imperative, it is incumbent upon us to go to them with gentleness and in humility so that we can join with God and be used by God as God hopefully and prayerfully puts them back into proper position spiritually as they turn back to God, as they confess their sins to God so that they can continue walking humbly with God day by day, just as we are walking humbly with God day by day. And we want to make sure that we extend that grace and that love to our brothers and sisters in Christ because there are gonna be times where we need that grace and that love extended to us as followers of Jesus Christ. What's the point? Here's the point. As Christ followers, we need one another. Tell your neighbor, I need you. Go. Now tell your neighbor, you really need me. Hey, both are true. Both are true. We need each other. We need each other. God did not design this whole relationship with him and with one another to work as lone rangers for Jesus. No, he designed us to get into one another's business. He designed us to lay ourselves out for one another. He designed us to persevere and pray for one another and ministering to one another. And when the going gets tough, that's when we dig in. In the name of Jesus, we don't turn away from our brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't turn away. We don't leave them stranded. We dig in. We pray. We minister. We share His truth. And we hug them. We hold on to them. And we wait. For however long God asks us to wait. As he does his work in. Bringing bringing them back to him. And the whole time, we praise God. We're not caught in sin. Because of his power working us. You see, as we judge one another God's way, we give and receive the encouragement and help we need to live God's way. And as we judge one another God's way, we are blessed by God, but we're also able to be a blessing to one another for God. As Paul said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You see, life gets messy because we get messy. And that's when we as brothers and sisters in Christ should be at our best. We should be at our best. Because we know we're a mess. 
We know we need him. And so how can we not extend that grace and that love to one another? Freely we receive. Freely we must give. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. The worship team is coming. This is going to